0: So, there wasn't a title to what I was going to lead out with today, the topic, and that was intentional, because I really, to be honest with you, I just wasn't sure what I was going to talk about. So many things were going through my mind throughout the week, and I studied for a couple of things, and then I thought, man, I'm just not feeling that. Um, There's just something wasn't right. So about Wednesday, I started praying about it, and I said, God, I want to be prepared. I don't want to just get up there and start rambling, but rather than me try to figure this out, just Show me what you want me to say. Tell me. And I really didn't decide on the on the exact topic until yesterday. But, and I hope that's not offensive. I hope that everyone can I think it's needed for us as a church and for us as individuals. So uh, what I'm gonna talk about is something that's very common. The church isn't meeting my needs. Anyone ever heard that? Yeah. Well I'll tell you I think we all hear it every week no matter what church we're at. Regardless of the type of church or denomination we have chosen to attend we've all watched many people come into the church excited only to be missing in action within a few years. Why is that? Well I think there's some there's some common denominators that we need to probably take a look at. I heard a story once about a church member telling another member they were leaving the church because the church didn't help me move. But the truth was nobody knew they were moving. They hadn't been seen for months and didn't answer their phone when the church called to ask how they were doing and why they had stopped coming to church. How could the church help them move if they didn't inform the church they were moving in the first place? They simply didn't communicate or request any help. Now as a church, we have a responsibility, and we don't always, I don't always do the best job of this is to stay in touch, to reach out, but it is a two-way street. It's very common, but also disappointing. Nothing should break our hearts more than to see people slip away from the body of Christ and sometimes drift back into a lifestyle of spiritual loneliness, complacency, and apathy. Someone once said, you get out of something what you put into it. And I believe the same principle applies in the Christian life, the work life, family life, relationships, your education, as well as your church life. It has often been stated that the number one reason people leave the church is due to a feeling that the church failed to meet their needs. In other words, there were some expectations they had for the church that were just not being met. Through multiple discussions I've had over the last several years, I have found that many individuals who left the church came as a result of misplaced expectations. In other words, they expected something from the church that the church never promised. So I'm going to talk about, I've got an unscientific list with no data to support it, but of six things... (laughs) the church can and cannot provide number 1 a church is a place to gather for worship but it's up to each individual whether they will choose the experience to experience the presence of god john 4:24 says god is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit truth so my Andrew study Bible describes the use of the word spirit in this text or this scripture as an attitude of mind and heart rather than external demonstrations or rituals what is your attitude like coming into church (laughs) or what is it like by the time you sit down and prepare for the worship service Mad at your boss, mad at your spouse, stressed to the max with your kids, stressed about bills, mad at your neighbors, don't want to talk to that person out front that always wants to ask you, how are you doing? How's it going? Do you come to church ready for Christian fellowship? But most importantly, do you come prepared to worship? Growing up, there was this elderly man at church that I went to, and his name was Mr. Swanson. He drove a huge Pontiac Bonneville station wagon, parked this car in the same space, came at the same time, parked in the same space. There's a third space on the side of the church, out of the way, under a huge pecan tree, and he sat in the same pew every week. When he came into the huge front doors, he may or may not speak, he may or may not shake a hand or two, but he would make a beeline for the altar. Not front and center of the altar of the church, but way off to the side. He'd kneel and pray for a few minutes, get up, and go to his spot for the service. My dad always told us that was his way to get right before worshiping. I imagine he was letting all the other stuff go in order to better appreciate who God was to him and really focus on his worship time. We all know that church is a place to worship God. Right. Let's talk about personal worship. Personal worship is the act of spending time with God on a regular basis for a purpose of deepening our love, obedience and respect for God, and a true desire to be more like Jesus in everything we do. Worship begins at home. True worship starts with personal time spent with God. Our lifestyle of worship, and our cor- and our corporate or community church worship, should be an outward reflection of our personal worship. Worship without a real relationship with God will never satisfy, meet or fulfill our spiritual needs. Number two, every worship service should meet everyone's needs. Anyone ever hear someone say, I didn't get anything out of that? We're all on different journeys and are in different places or seasons of our lives. Church is not a one-size-fits-all, templated format, guaranteed for ultimate success each and every service. It's not realistic. This is why small groups... Community outreach and special ministry groups are so important to better serve the range of needs and interest for our members, our guests, and our community. So I started making a list. I'm sure I'm going to leave something out, so forgive me before I even get started. But, you know, when you think of TAF and you think of really any successful church or God-first God church, you think of the activities, and I just started throwing some things together. Um, we know that we have an incredible Sabbath breakfast. We have incredible Sabbath lunch uh, fellowship and ministry program. Um, the praise team every week—they <laughs> bring powerful ministry of Christian music for praise and for worship. Feed the homeless and hunger ministry is every Friday at Center. City Park in Greensboro. The winter clothing collection for the homeless have the opportunity to bring clothes, to bring supplies, things that people need. Children and youth Sabbath school classes, adult Sabbath school, Bible study, which has been focusing on the Bible through Max Licado's book of Psalms, a second Sabbath school class with rotation of different teachers each week Focusing on the conference, the SDA conference quarterly. And there's a Zoom prayer call every Friday night, focusing on scriptures and special prayers for members, friends, and family. 12 week series by John Puller that he's been talking about. This is another opportunity and taking a personal, deeper dive into Bible study and how to apply Scripture in practical ways through our daily lives. So I'm sure, again, I probably left something out or some things out. But as God continues to work through all of us in this church, we will have more things coming. So, in a God-loving way, I'll miss you on I'm Not Getting Fulfilled because there is fulfillment in this church. But you have a responsibility to participate. Number three, a church is a family any person can belong to, but it's up to each individual to develop relationships and, if possible, friendships. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend... Who sticks closer than a brother so i did a little bit of research on this text there's actually two meanings that i came across that i believe both are true yes in order to have friends at some point you kind of need to be friendly (laughs) but no matter how many friends you have if that friend lets you down or that friend does something that you don't approve of or that offends you then What's the second part? There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, who knows you better than any friend. And he's never going to leave you, never going to turn his back on you. So many people join a church but never invest in relationships. Sometimes we simply attend services. (laughs) We can treat the church like a fast food restaurant get my food and get out quickly as little thought or personal interaction as possible. But sooner or later, life happens. And when our world starts coming apart, we have no relational safety net. We suddenly expect the pastor or a church leader to be there for me. Like he or she is a spiritual genie. Just rub the lamp and poof! There they are. But that's not even the biblical calling of pastors or church leaders. Listen to this. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of christ it's a mouthful but what does it mean pastors are called to equip the members to be the hands and feet of jesus if you don't get anything else today i want you to think about that the pastor we have big decisions coming up and we're going to leave it up to god we're not going to pick the pastor that we necessarily want We're going to let God do the picking for us. But it's important to understand what a pastor's role is. It's not to do everything. It's not to carry the church. It's not to solve all of your problems. It's actually to lead the church and equip the members of the church to be the church. Amen? God designed the church to be a community of connected Christians not a collection of customers waiting to be served or fulfilled by one pastor, one teacher, a head deacon or deaconess, an elder, or any other church leader. You are the church. Every single person here, you are the church. This may sound harsh to say, but it is a painfully true statement. If you periodically come to TAF or even become a member and come regular but never communicate or develop any relationships or friendships here, we promise we will let you down. It's just a matter of time. That is not what you want, we want at all. But you see, people who are not connected eventually disconnect. A church is a, number, number four, a, a church is a place where gifted teachers will explain the Bible and how I can apply it to my life. But it's up to me to align my life with God's truth. James 1.22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves connect connecting with a Christ first faith community that's a mouthful but that's an important important part of what I want to talk about the importance of connecting with a Christ first faith community and notice I didn't necessarily use the word church we would love your faith community to be with this church with all of these people perfect people right Mm -mm. people like me who are sinners and fail daily people like me who come up short and make mistakes people like me who can sometimes be distracted selfish short-sighted inconsiderate and at times neglectful and even insensitive to the needs of others Through all these shortcomings, TAF is a special family of people who care about one another. And I know there are people here who want you here and who care about you. But if that doesn't work for you, if not with this church, find a Christ First Church in faith community you are comfortable with. We all need it. Number five, a church is a place where I can use my gifts, passion, passions, skills, personality, and life experiences to serve. But it's up to me to become a servant. First Peter four ten says, as each one has received a gift, Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Unfortunately, some of the most vocal critics in churches are often the least engaged. They have a lot of suggestions, but no real skin in the game. It's a lot easier to criticize from the bleachers than it is From a player on the field people who aren't serving in the church are often one change or one thing that doesn't go their way from being disgruntled and disruptive i am never impressed this is a great quote i am never impressed by someone's bible knowledge But I'm always impressed by unselfish service. Billy Graham. You see, serving in a ministry that delivers hope and healing to hearts and homes immunizes us from apathy and keeps us engaged into God's work and mission. Generally, there are two kinds of church members. Those that are serving those that believe they are deserving i'm going to ask the praise team to come up as i cover number six it'll be brief number six says a church is a place where i have the chance to change the world by fulfilling the great commission but it's up to me to actually allow god to To allow God to allow me to become a person of impact Romans ten fourteen says how then shall they call on the one they have not believed in and how can they believe in the one who they have not heard and how can they hear without someone preaching to them perhaps the greatest misconception of all is when we think that the church's primary mission is to meet my needs. Churches exist to bring hope and healing to a broken and hurting world. Churches do not exist to serve perfect people, the best dressed, the righteous, the most eloquent speakers, people who have it all together with no flaws, imperfections, mistakes, or failures. No skeletons in the closet, nothing dirty. There is no perfect church because there are no perfect people. There is only imperfect churches filled with imperfect people striving to make an impact on a broken world. Whenever we forget the critical nature of our mission and begin to focus on pettiness and preferences, we grieve the heart of God and we fail the mission of our master. I think we have all heard many times from how the church has let people down, but how often have we really heard from those who have realized how they've let the church down? The needs of a lost world and our privileges, and our privilege in being a key part of bringing others to Christ is too critical For us to waste any time, let's get busy being the hands and feet of Jesus.